Welcome back to DC Beer Show, everybody. We are at DC Beer across social media. Happy Restaurant Week. Brandy, what do you have for us on this fine evening? I'm sadly not drinking. I have been fighting something, but I did have a good time drinking this weekend on Saturday at City State for the Women's Brew Culture Club. Uh, we had some really cool beers and everyone had a great time, but I am looking forward to a crowler of smoked beer from Triple Crossing that Frank brought back for me. So I haven't cracked into that. I'm waiting to feel better and have all my taste buds. So um, I am I am jazzed about that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stein, what are you drinking? I'm having Pizza Night Amber Lager from PCBC, also known as Port City Brewing Company. It's a wonderful little under 5% amber lager, a beer formerly known as Polo Tomave or, you know, Half Dark in Czech. Uh, but because nobody speaks Czech, actually, there's like millions of people that speak Czech. But because most Americans don't have a background for what Polo Tomave means, we know what amber lager means. So I'm having a wonderful pizza night amber lager. It pairs well with pizza. It pairs well with nights. I haven't tried it before 12 noon, but it probably pairs with pizza in the morning or pizza in the evening or pizza at supper time. Jordan, my man, my mellow, what have you got in your glass this evening? Uh, well, you know, keeping it hazy. Um, having a beer that showcases Strata hops supported by Mosaic. Uh, Hazy IPA from my good friends at Third Hill Brewing Company. This is the Thank You Matt IPA. Uh, so yeah, just sipping some of that. Uh, I have a lot of those in the fridge from their grand opening last weekend. And uh, also the the brew news with Matt coming on as the head brewer. So thought I would celebrate Matt in that way. I would say, uh, shameless plug, you can read Jordan's article on Third Hill over at com. Nicely done. <laughs> Um, Brandy, I selfishly hope that you saved that crowler that Frank brought. Um, I believe the triple crossing Rouch beer is Cinder until our, uh, beer share, which is of course this Sunday at DC Brow, you can RSVP. It's not too late. DCbeer.com slash newsletter. Um, I'm continuing a theme like Jordan. Um, I have a hazy, but it's a hazy pale ale. It's from Brewbill out of Northern California. Brewbuilt sells um, brew houses and brewing equipment, and they thought, what better way to demonstrate it than to actually build a brewery out of Brewbuilt equipment? This is um, Simcoe, Citra, and Eureka hops, um, and it's brewed by Austin, who used to be the head brewer of Wheatland Spring and is now brewing at Brewbuilt. So um, good looking out, Austin. It's always good to hear from you. A hazy pale ale, 5.8% in the mail. That's uh, a wonderful thing. All right. We've got a few events and things to mention. Brandy, please. Hey, so I wanted to uh, not talk so much because my voice is stupid. Uh, hopefully it sounds sexy. Does it sound sexy, guys? Just say yes. Um, yeah, uh, so <laughs> Yes. Um, so I was scrolling through Instagram and saw that restaurant week is coming up and I know that Greg uh, is on the, this show, but it was blue jackets post that, uh, said they were, there was restaurant week from the 28th through the 3rd of September. And 
the food that they posted looks hella good. So I'm, I think I might try to swing by there. So y'all should check that out. Um, Silver Branch is doing a Belgian beer flight on the 25th, which is today. And then tomorrow, the 26th, Saturday, including mussels, frites. So uh, I kind of want to go to that, but I am super busy. So I won't be able to go. So if you guys go, let me know how it is. And then Saturday, tomorrow is Wheeland's Beer and Wine uh, up in Potomac's grand opening. Uh, I actually went and saw Emma and Greg this past weekend uh, to check the place out and it's gorgeous. So if you are you find your way up there, you should definitely go check them out. And uh, they have beer on draft and wine and it's just, it's lovely. So you should definitely, definitely check that out. And as Jake already mentioned, our beer share is Sunday and I'm super excited. Hopefully my taste buds are back, back, back in business. Um, so I'm, I'm curious what's, who's going to bring what, like is who's the Andy award going to go to this time? I don't know. Got to show up and find out. Uh, Jordan, what you, uh, do you have any events going on? So a ton of events going on our last weekend in August. Uh, tomorrow is mega fest, uh, DC, DC's very own. So megas, they are hosting. So megas hosting, uh, the only black owned beer fest and black party experience that I'm aware of. It's in the DMV. Uh, it's at Sandlot and Anacostia. Uh, you can definitely check out. Uh, our socials or their socials for details about the event, but uh, this will be celebrating their fourth year anniversary. So definitely we'll be there to support them and get all the block party vibes uh, before summer comes to an end next month. Uh, outside of our DC beer share, uh, we have a couple of trivia events. Uh, there's always capital trivia at other half hosted by yours. Truly there's also always uh, trivia at King Fisher on Tuesdays. So a lot of things to look forward to in the middle of the week. But if you're looking forward to doing something on a weekend, next weekend, DC Brow will be hosting their Beer 2K. It's a beer run for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Uh, so definitely stop by and see our friends at DC Brow. Uh, that'll be an awesome event. And I'm sure everyone will appreciate you all support. Uh, following that on September 8th, uh, Sovereign, they're having their summer series. It's a fruit bowl of lambics. So if you are trying to get your lambics in before we're swarmed with Marzins and all of the October uh, fest beers that are to come in September, you can get you a fruit bowl of lambics at the Sovereign uh, in D.C. And uh, lastly, for September 10th, that's a Sunday, second Sunday in September, the Noma beer runners they're having a beer run uh so definitely support them it's going to be awesome i always like to get out there and and sweat myself a little bit but this will be a beer focused run and walk no stress if you don't want to run but it'll be along the metro branch trail known affectionately as the mbt so uh you can choose your distance two miles or five miles but uh about three or four brewery stops along the way to make it worth your while so those are the events we're looking forward to over here at DC Beer. And uh, obviously, uh, stay tuned to our Patreon and our social media for other uh, secret or exclusive DC Beer events. Uh, but yeah, Stein, are you tracking anything? I'm, you know, keeping my eyes out. There's so much going on. We are in the thick of it uh, in terms of ramp up towards festival season. 
It's really funny because um, I was at some better beer shops, some of the women-owned beer shops like Craft Beer Cellar and the Brew Shop in Arlington, and it really felt like a lull in terms of people out of town on vacation. And I was just like, oh, that's nice. I wish I knew what that was like. Uh, let me just buy enough beer for 10 people that are all at some beach somewhere right now. Um, no, we're super excited for Soul Mega. Um, as we know, the only black-owned beer festival in D.C. We are hella pumped for the share. Come see us at D.C. Brow. Longtime stewards of better beer in the brewing community in the district. Who's going to win the Andy Award? I'm excited because Brandy's excited. And when she's got the juice, I turn the juice on and I just get passionate. You know, when you when you feel other people excited and just juiced for things, it gets it gets the juices pumping and you get hyped because other people are feeling hyped. You know who always hypes me up? Who's that? My girl, Amber. Shout to Paunchy. She hypes me the hell up. And I want to give so much shout outs to Amber because she always brings people to the beer share and to the Women's Brew Culture Club. And uh, I'm just so grateful for her. And I'm so glad that she's such a staple in the beer uh, community in D.C. And now my friend. Amber recently visited Pittsburgh for the Barrel and Flow Festival. And we have a special conversation with her now. Welcome to a special edition of the DC Beer Show. It's Jordan, Hayes Master. I have our lovely lady, Brandy, with me. Hey, hey, hey. Then we have our lovely lady, Amber. You may know her as Ponchi, but we have her in the house. Uh, she's here to show some love and, and tell us some stories about all the great beer we missed in Pittsburgh mm. uh, some lovely weekends ago. Amber? Hello. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm good. That's excellent. Uh, so the people want to know, there's this thing called Barrel and Flow. Can yep. you tell us about that? So Barrel and Flow is a Black-owned beer festival in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Recently, this year, voted number one beer festival in the United States. Numero uno. Say today. Numero uno. Numero uno. Okay. The number one. Um, and it was originally known as Fresh Fest. Some of you may know it by that, um, but now known as Barrel and Flow. And it really is just the the penultimate event mm. for uh, for black brewers, black beer drinkers, anybody, anybody. Right. The city of Pittsburgh likes. Right. You know? Beer tends to bring people together like that. Precisely. So I, I got you. And good beer. So it's in Pittsburgh. Is it every August? It's every second week of August in Pittsburgh. Okay. What would you say? How many brewers did you see? Anywhere between? Is, are we Ooh. talking 10? We talking Ooh. 20? We talking? No. Um, I believe this year, there was 30 collabs, I believe. Um, and then there was also different vendors there, such as Soul Mega, okay. um, who didn't have a collab, but was there pouring their beer as well. Okay. Um, so probably all around, probably about 50 um, different beer situations, if not a little more. Uh, don't, don't, don't uh, quote me on that. No. Off the record. No, uh, I'm just I'm, kidding. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Uh, food? A lot. Um, yes, so there was, there was a delicious, Chicken and waffles truck. Oh Lord, food trucks. Oh, oh gosh. I had a caramel apple oh. waffle. And they did like little cinnamon toast crunch little bits oh. on top of it. And the chicken was bomb too. Um, and then they had barbecue. <laughs> they had a burger <laughs> person that was doing things there. Ugh. I didn't even, like, it was a very long day. I didn't make around all the food. I found food immediately because <laughs> it was necessary. 
and ate that. <laughs> I know that uh, the listeners are going to be really excited about your recap that you wrote. Like Amber wrote a beautiful piece, um, pretty much just a recap of Barrel and Flow, including some of her gorgeous pictures, which is kind of how I met Amber. Um, I, we've asked her to, to document some really cool DC beer events, and we're very thankful for that. Um, but I noticed that in a lot of your pictures and a lot of your posts, there was a lot of DC representation. Yeah. Did you, because I know some of the local black owned breweries weren't able to make it. I know some of them did obviously, but did you bring beer? Because I know that there's a bottle share, right? <laughs> did yes. she bring yes. beer? <laughs> can, can you tell everybody about yeah, that? Like how you yeah. kind of represented as DC beers and unpaid and brand ambassador right, kind right, of? Right, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, um, so I, I did know that some folks weren't actually going to be able to make it up. So I brought up, I brought up uh, Strange Fruit Brewing, Subtle Nod. I also brought up Jordan's collab with Astro Lab. Um, I also had a few uh, Zynga beers in oh, my yeah. fridge in my, yeah. because I wasn't sure if he was coming or not. But I was like. <laughs> I love this beer anyway, and I'm bringing it. Um, so yeah, like I, everything that I brought was from the area, though, black right. owned or not. That's excellent. Um, How was it received? You know, because uh, I know there was so many the beers folks, there. First of all, the folks love Subtle Nod. Oh, okay. They love Subtle Nod. DC represent um, DC. And I actually have brought a whole four pack of that up there to like give a few individual cans to some friends. Um, but they loved that. Good. Um, they also really enjoyed, I forgot to mention, I brought up Peachy Keen, okay. which er was Urban Gardens uh, collab with Red Bear. Yep. And uh, that was a hit too. Yeah. That was a big hit. Artemis, I only gave to very few people because it was my last can. Hey. Um, <laughs> and Don't I was worry. being selective. But everybody who had that, they were like, you got this out? That's good. I'm like, <laughs> I know. It's um, it's staying in the refrigerator that I don't open unless I'm literally taking it out to go somewhere. Right. So, uh, but yeah, like everything I brought was well received. And then, you know, Lipco was there, Liquid Intrusion, um, and they brought their staples, of course. There was a lot of really, really, really good representation from the area and the folks in this area, the other as you would say, influencers, those that you know, with vaulted bellinins, folks who yep. those, they brought great beer as well. So it was a really good time. That that bottle share, that bottle share is, woo, everything. Had you gone before? Uh, yeah, so this is my third year, so you kind of know the gist, like once you've been at least once, how things are gonna flow, you can make a better decision about what are you gonna do in your downtime. Um, I, of course, I hit Cinderlands. If you're ever in Pittsburgh, Cinderlands, it's a brewery, but they also have food. They have one of the best burgers. Mm. One of the best burgers. Oh, so much go. the best. I can't follow you I went you twice. Yet. Oh. Yeah, I gotta go. I went twice. <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, yeah. I, have, I think I have a good question. Yeah. I know that it's Barrel and Flow. I wanna go to Barrel and Flow mm. so badly. Mm. It's, it's one of the things that is, it's on my bucket list, mm -hmm. but I think that DC, and it would take probably a while for DC to get to this level. Mm -hmm. How do you think DC could pull off some sort of barrel and flow festival? And I know that um, Megafest is, is, you know, mm -hmm. trying to um, be the first black mm -hmm. uh, beer owned festival in DC. How do you think we can recreate some sort of 
sister uh, mm -hmm. festival to Barrel and Flow in DC. How if do you think I'm that we could do that? Hundred percent honest. I feel like Megafest is that. Um, so I actually got the opportunity to pull for pour for Soul Mega for a few hours at Barrel and Flow because Elliot needed a little break. Um, and you know, talking to everybody and just like, hey, you know, DC, four hours away. You know, real quick drive. Megafest, two weeks. It's gonna be their anniversary, and the DC Black-owned beer brands, along with Black-owned winery from the area, is gonna be there. It's gonna be a good time. You know, word of mouth, talking it up, and then the fact that all of the Black brewers in this area, they're so connected and they work so well with each other. Megafest can only grow from here, and I think Megafest—it's not an answer, but would be that next destination for especially like the black beer culture coming out and picking another place other than Pittsburgh to convene and see each other. Cause right now we kind of all like Barrel and Flow always feels like a family reunion because it's all our people that we know from all over, but we only get to see them once a year unless like we're personally traveling. So Megafest has the great opportunity of becoming like that second destination where everybody goes because not only is DC a cool city to come visit, but the brewers here are producing great beer. So it's worth your time to show up. And it's also a central location between the North and the South, at mm -hmm. least on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm from North Carolina and DC is not that far from North Carolina. Um, I, I, I would love a future in, of mm -hmm. DC black owned breweries hosting a, a barrel and flow type you know, huge event here. And and, and, and maybe that's mega best. It, well yes, <laughs> but maybe not at around the same time. I feel like right. yeah, I feel like yeah, you need one needs out. to be um around like at least six months apart, you know, yeah, because spring. it could be it right. could be like a a, a double a twice a year family yeah, reunion. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um so uh Amber, I want you to tell everybody real quick before we wrap up, yeah. because everyone's gonna read your article and look at your gorgeous, gorgeous pictures um about the event. Just give your what was your favorite part and why endorse people heading to D, uh, from DC to Barrel and Flow next year? And also, don't they do collab beer? Like, weren't you trying to get a collab? They do. They do. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah. So, Barrel and Flow has the opportunity for collaborations every year. Uh, makers, artisans, uh, influencers, quote unquote. Um, and other brewers, homebrew or just smaller breweries. They have the opportunity to pair with local Pittsburgh breweries along with some of national brands such as Angry Orchard, Trogues, um, to do a beer specifically for the festival. And you know, there's applications, they come out in January, everybody applies and they inform you if you get them. Um, and sometimes you have the opportunity, if you know a brewery, you can reach out and say, hey, do you want to do something together if you're going, bop, 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 bop. Um, which some people end up doing too. Um, one of my favorites, uh, as I wrote, is um, from Honey. It, she had an unofficial collab because she collabed with um, this brand last year. And they did a Nutcracker last year, so they did a second version this year that had butterfly PT in it and lychee. Ugh, it was it was delicious. It wasn't a beer, but oh, it was so good. It was dangerous so good 
but my favorite part of the festival, honestly, it, it was it was the bottle share. Because the bottle share is like the festival for the festival. Yeah. And everybody not only is relaxed, nobody's working. Nobody is having to focus on talking to the public back and forth. They're just hanging out. It's a good time. It's relaxed. It's a great opportunity to be able to meet some brewers that you've maybe followed for forever in a chill environment. And also the music was great. They kept us fed. So nobody was too a little this way, a little yeah. that way. Um, and it's just, <laughs> That's it's, just, it's just an amazing time. It's an yeah. amazing time. Um, and what I would say as far as, you know, anybody possibly interested or never heard of it before today is that Barrel and Flow is, you know, just like people travel for Snally, how people travel for, you know, um, Erie Jungle to, to Florida. Barrel and Flow is one of those. Barrel and Flow is definitely worth it. Not only is the festival fantastic, but the city is great. Um, you're going to be able to try beers that you probably never had access to. Um, some of the brewers out in California, people who don't have distribution outside of their state, like this is your opportunity to really, really be able to delve into some stuff that you just keep seeing little little splash posts and people reposting and then you get to meet me. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the other people that love to come to this festival, we welcome everybody with open arms. There's no strangers there. You come, you have fun, you vibe, you go have a good time. I, you heard it from Amber folks, uh, everyone, we need to just create like a DC, uh, beer, um, you know, caravan up, up to, yeah. uh, up to Barrel yeah. and Flow next year. I got two extra seats in my car. And if you are <laughs> listening, everybody, we are going to make Megafest, uh, the next Barrel and Flow. We don't want to compete with Barrel and Flow cause we love y'all and we respect, but I think it'd be great to bring a lot of attention and to the black owned breweries and the beer in, in the DC area yes. and to uh, maybe bring even more black owned breweries to the area. Yeah. Um, so thank you for writing this piece, thank uh, Amber. Thank you for asking. Thank you for always showing up and, and being like the biggest brand ambassador to literally every single brewery in DC and one of DC Beer's biggest fans slash uh, fam, fam members. Um, so, uh, and Amber said bottle shares are the way to go. So come, hey. come check out DC beers, bottle shares. Yes. Cause we're all family. Yes. We got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. So love you, Amber. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was writing the newsletter today, guys, for September and the weekend that I'm gone in, in Ohio, I don't know why I'm going to Ohio, uh, but of course, it's the exact weekend that every single Oktoberfest is happening. The Wheatland Spring, the other half, uh, Silver Branch, like everybody's Oktoberfest is that weekend. Because uh, obviously it's the beginning of Oktoberfest season. So um, disappointed, but I expect to get pictures from all of you guys. And <laughs> maybe no, maybe I'll go find one in, in, uh, in Ohio, in Cleveland. <laughs> What I'm, what I'm hearing is we should sample everything for you to make sure you don't drink any duds. Yeah. And just weed out the wheat from the shaft, and then you just get the wheat. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I heard. Like, we'll do some QAQC on yeah. like the fest beers and and the the Marzins over here. But there's a there's a rich Teutonic Germanic brewing tradition in Cleveland, and I 
I think you'll you'll be doing all right over there. Like we'll yeah, miss you. I just but, don't know when the wedding is, wise, but I'm uh, definitely gonna go find it. And and I'm missing Solace's Lager Fest too. Like uh, whatever, it's fine. Uh, yeah. So if any of you guys have Cleveland uh, beer recommendations, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the wedding and the wedding party and <laughs> go drink beer. <laughs> Oh, we can we can do it right here. This can be like yeah. beer tourism service journalism. Um, everyone knows Great Lakes. Um, you want to hit the brew pub because they have experimentals and one-offs, and because if those don't, you know, like uh, tickle your fancy, they have Edmund Fitzgerald, which is just a very nice American porter, uh, masthead for a bunch of stuff, and fatheads for all things hoppy um just really really good ipas coming out of the coming out of fatheads out that way jazzed jazzed thanks jake yeah yeah and 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 speaking of of travel uh to uh stein's point and also to brandy's point a special shout out to good old splain he uh i was in new york city this past weekend and or excuse me last weekend and uh, he connected me with some good beer people, uh, as well as signed it as well. I just, I was, unfortunately, I didn't make it out to Brooklyn. So, sorry. But uh, I did make it out to the other half in Rockefeller Center. So, shout out to Splain for connecting me with, uh, with Dave over at the other half. So, it's nice to have beer friends, and it's nice that beer is international. Uh, so, Randy, I think you'll be in good hands in Cleveland. I will, but now Matt's going to listen to this and then he's going to be mad at me because I was bitching about missing all the Oktoberfest. So I love you, Matt. Look, look, look. Like there, are, there, are things, there are things we do for love. It's, it's understandable. I mean, I've oh. never been to Cleveland, so there's that. So I get to go. Uh, but yeah, I'm missing all my friends stuff here. It's fine. I'll, I'll get over it. <laughs> but now shifting gears just a bit, Jake. You had a good conversation with one of the leaders and creators of one of the festivals to rule them all yeah, in D.C. Absolutely. Um, had the chance to sit down with Greg Engert, um, beer director, managing partner for Neighborhood Restaurant Group, um, which means Blue Jacket, Sovereign, Church Key, the Rusticos, et al. Um, and so we discussed really all things Snally, and we'll take it away from there. Welcome back, Greg. Uh, we've got new breweries this year. What are a few that you're most excited about at Stalagasta? Uh, let's see here, Jake. Good to see you, buddy. Um, it's uh, another exciting year. We are, you know, gearing up. We gave ourselves an extra week of preparation because um, the way that the calendar lined up, we moved it to uh, October 14th. Um, so uh, we're really excited about that. About 50 new breweries, um, so just under... A third of the breweries that we'll have on hand this year are going to be new. And uh, they, they really run the gamut of, of uh, different uh, styles of, of beer made and, and certainly different locations from which they're coming. Um, I think, you know, as far as like the classic traditional brewers uh, from America, we have Beer Stott Lager House, which is fantastic. We've been trying to get them in for a couple of years now. Uh, Live Oak is going to be on hand kind of a throwback old school brewer that makes fantastic German style beers. That'll make um, Mike Stein very happy. It'll make me happy too, but it'll make yes. Mike in particular. Yeah, I'm basically listing off the beers for you guys. Um, you know, Brewery St. X is coming in. That's our brewery that we have down in New Orleans, uh, which will be fun. But 
by virtue of going to New Orleans so much, we've become friends with Eric and uh, Leah over at Parlo Beer, uh, Beer Lab, which is one of the uh, best little breweries I've had uh, in a long time. They're coming up. They make great classic styles as well. And then uh, Joey Pepper um, has his new brewing operation, Schenker Beer, uh, coming in um, uh, as well. So that's going to be really fun. You know, um, really wanted to make sure that we had a good list of, of like incoming uh, newcomers uh, from the import side as well. Um, you know, I think we're always trying to round out the beer list stylistically, um, basically trim down the IPA, sour and stout numbers uh, in favor of not just, you know, what Americans tend to make, which is lager and maybe a little bit of British beer, but also Belgian style beers um, or, or sour beers that are a little bit, um, you know, uh, different than what you'd expect. So we have uh, Verzette, I'm coming in from West Flanders. They, you know, make fantastic Flemish Udbrun styles, um, a style that, you know, it's hard to come by nowadays. Um, stateside, Oberon from uh, northern France. They make fantastic Chaison that they refer to as Vier de Garde. We have Mike Baum and Frau Gruber from Germany um, bringing some of their um, classic kind of, you know, German style uh, beers, which will be awesome. And then I guess, some of the more hype brewers that people are happy to see either returning or, or just coming in for the first time. We have the alchemist, angry chair, bottle logic, um, brewers like that. So, uh, there's a, there's a bunch of, of really great new stuff. Um, this year we're excited about. So the alchemist, uh, Greg Noonan famed for, uh, the Vermont new England style, uh, pale ale IPA, uh, that, that Conan yeast blue jacket, has cans throughout Snellagaster. Is whoever's pouring the Alchemist, uh, are they going to hand me like a can of the uh, Heady Topper or Cocoa Banger and like send me on my way? Uh, not this year. That that was, uh, we, we did that, you know, um, back when we were still doing tickets um, for beers and things like that. But no, uh, we're going we're gonna to stick to Blue Jackets can, um, you know, uh, availability. One of the reasons for that is because, you know, this is ultimately a, you know, a fundraiser for, for Arcadia, our nonprofit center for sustainable food and agriculture. And, uh, you know, Blue Jackets very generous with their cans. So we, we tend to stick with them, um, obviously, and it's good, um, exposure for Blue Jacket with the Alchemist. Like you said, I don't think that would be intelligent for us to just be handing out full cans. We're going to be doing taste of that. Because obviously with, you know, over 400 beers or so, uh, everybody wants to taste lots of different things. And to be fair, I don't know what they're sending quite yet. Um, though the brewer list is set, is set in stone, um, we tend to find out exactly what's coming later. If I had to guess, I'd imagine we're getting cans of both of those. That tends to be what they send out into the wild, but uh, you never know. So with Savor, the BA does like a little massaging and management with regards to who sends what and tries to keep a stylistic balance, do you have a back and forth with some of the breweries like, hey, could you please bring X instead of Y, mayhaps? It's, it's very tricky because, um, you know, on the one hand, we want the brewers to send what they are most proud of, right? Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that our roster is so diverse from a brewing perspective is that seems to be one of the ways we can kind of guarantee a, um, a stylistic variation, like you mentioned, because it is so hard 
to kind of be like, thanks for those two, but could you send us something different from your portfolio? I mean, there's so there's a hundred and you know uh, fifty plus brewers here, so managing all of them to give us exactly what we want would be a, a, a massive puzzle. Um, we do do it though. I mean, we have definitely gone back to certainly to brewers that we know are a little bit more flexible. And uh, honestly, oftentimes a lot of brewers will send us some options or if they're direct shipping, they're sending us a bunch of beer anyways that we're going to fold into events around Sally Gaster or just pour at our properties otherwise. So there's a little bit of leeway, but it certainly is not like we create a list and send it to them. I think with, with Saver, they had to do it um, even more so than we did because they had to be so careful about pairings with food, um, and had, you know, to really work, uh, work on that. And so I remember when we would work with BA on Saber, we would send them what we kind of wanted to do. And they would come back and be like, would you mind this or that? Because the way that the pairing shook out, we'd like to need to pair to this and that. That was an easier conversation to have than just to, you know, write somebody back and be like, we, you know, we have too many barrel-aged imperial stouts or something like that. But, um, but we, but we have done that in the past. And like I said, that's one of the reasons that the list of brewers that is coming is so geographically diverse also because this ensures that, you know, those import imports are typically not sending us hazy IPA. You don't have to worry about that. Right. I mean, I'm sure that someone in Germany makes a lovely hazy IPA, um, but when yeah. Yeah, we don't yeah. go to Germany for yeah. hazy IPA. Exactly. Speaking of Germany, uh, pre-COVID, um, Snally was famed, at least by me, for having gravity kegs coming in. Right. COVID seems to have uh, put a, a bit of a squash on that. Is, it, is this still going to be the case this year? Like a boy, a boy can dream. Yeah, it is unfortunately the case this year. And, um, you know, the gravity kegs were, you know, just a, a passion project, frankly, for Shelton Brothers Imports, which also folded during the pandemic. They worked with a number of Franconian brewers. Um, they at no profit at all. In fact, at a loss to them and probably to us too, they got these, these, these cool gravity kegs over from little tiny brewers that would never send beer otherwise. Um, I, I do believe that one day we will be able to do that again. Um, but not this year, as you know, imports are, are, you know, we're seeing fewer and fewer imports. Um, and there's a million reasons for that. We don't have to get into right now, but, um, it's just not. What it was, that's the availability of imports isn't there. However, when there's holes in the market, enterprising people jump up and look into it. And I think that there's definitely some people out there saying, well, maybe there's there's some room for the in the import market if we're, you know, we bootstrap it and uh kind of work hand to hand with some of the better beer bars and 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 retailers across the US uh to bring in small amounts of really cool stuff. And so I I am cautiously optimistic for imports in the future. Sure. And for the possibility of bringing Franconian gravity kegs back. In the interim, uh, a number of these gravity kegs have found their way to some really good brewers. And I would not be surprised to find a host of them filled by American brewers of German style beers at Snally Gaster. It's not I mean, quite the same thing, but it's cool. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind either Beerstadt Lagerhouse or even Blue Jackets Row Gunzel doing a For the Company Hellas and a gravity keg. For example, because um, we, we can make that we've happen. seen that before. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we'll have some of that, but yeah, but there's there's nothing quite like a tiny German brewery you've never heard of sending a beer you've never heard of uh, in a gravity keg that somehow is in amazing shape with beautiful natural effervescence um, once it gets here. So 
we'll keep pushing to try to get that back for sure. Cool. You mentioned that like the churn, um, that there are 50-ish new breweries. That seems like a lot more in terms of turnover this year than in previous years, correct? It's more. I don't know if it's a lot more, um, but it is a bit more. Yeah. I mean, um, well, we can go into it. Why and everything else, if you want. I mean, I have, uh, the, it was definitely a, a decision that we made, one that's going to continue, I believe, into the future. Yeah, please, uh, you know, go ahead and expand on this. I know that like, there are some locals that um, aren't parade this year that were in previous years. Uh, feelings may be hurt, uh, which is, you know, understandable because this yeah. is, I think, DC's marquee event. Uh, yes, of course. So, yeah, there's a lot to this. Let me unpack it. Um, so first off, I think part of this comes to the question um, about, like, how do we improve Snallygaster every year, right? Um, and or how do we evolve it, you know, um, and hope to improve it? We're trying to improve the guest experience. And part of the way that we do that is to be very um, communicative with our guests about what they are looking for. And uh year after year after year there's always a request for more new brewers and specific brewers and we're always on the hunt for all of these things and so we've over time if you look back every year or have been increasing the amount of new brewers we're bringing on um now back in the old days the way that we handled doing that without hurting feelings was just to add more brewers and more beers um and if you go back uh, even as early as 2012 to 2013 to 14 to 15 to 16, we're, we're, you'll see the list growing as we grew the event. But really, one of the reasons we were doing that is because we wanted to include more new brewers while not having to let go of some of the old ones, right? Um, recently, it's become very apparent that the site that we have is packed. And the amount of beers that we have, uh, with the amount of brewers that are pouring those beers, um, is the number that we can do and we can't do anymore. Um, as it is, and I'll talk more about other things that we're gonna try to change up this year to, to make things better. Um, we like the amount of beers that we have in the space that we have. It creates the right amount of lines so that none of the lines are overwhelmingly long. But to add more beers on this site as we have it would simply encroach on other things people want, like more shade, more seats, more room to stand and congregate, more porta potties, um, an expanded kid zone, like all these different things that we are uh, looking to do to make the experience of enjoying the beers better. You know, yeah. bigger VIP areas, more porta potties for the VIPs, all the stuff that we are working on for this year. So we're locked into a number of brewers and number of beers. Um, so trying to balance that number with the need for new uh, meant that we had to make some really difficult decisions this year. I will say as the last part of that is we also take into account, you know, um, geographic distribution as well as stylistic distribution, ABV distribution. And so by bringing in a lot of these new brands, it was an effort to make sure that we had some stylistic stuff. Obviously wanted to bring in new hyperers that gets more guests excited um, and make sure that people keep coming back and we still sell the right amount of tickets and still raise the right amount of number of uh, money for Arcadia. Um, so all this stuff kind of factored uh, factored in um, to these decisions. I will say that one of the things, we don't know what we're going to do like next year or the year after. We always kind of regroup after the event and take into account how it went and how we're going to change again. One of the things we've talked about doing is rotating some of the brewers in and out um, so that, you know, 
even if you can't be in every year, you can be in um, from time to time. Um, you know, we're in a very special circumstance, though, because like I said, we started this event back really at Rustico in 2007 uh, in the back lot. It grew to the point where Alexandria said, we'd appreciate it if you don't do this in uh, the Rustico parking lot anymore because 4,000 people just showed up to an event that should have been 1,000 people. And so that's when we moved, Sally, moved into D.C. and started calling it Sally Gaster. Um, we had a lot of locals then. And we kept adding, like I said, and building, 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 building. A brewery like Other Half or Firestone Walker, you name it, when they start their event, they're pretty selective right from the start, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of local brewers who aren't invited to Firestone Walker Invitational or Other Half's Green City events or things like that. Like if you go to New York, there's many, many, many. So I think for us, it's, it's just an unfortunate kind of, you know, circumstance the way it worked out was that in order to keep evolving the beer list and giving people new stuff, because that's what we've always, you know, kind of been known for. It's like you come to church gear, sovereign, um, or shelter to, to drink a lot of cool stuff you haven't had before to do that without, you know, just keep increasing the size of the festival, which we can't mean that we had meant that we're going to have to make some, some rough, tough decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and fair enough. And so you mentioned soliciting feedback for the listeners. If you haven't attended Snally, if you once you attend, you are then sent a survey, uh, and really, and it's an exit survey like the week after. Hey, how do we do? What could we do better? And yeah. so, how does that feedback process work um, at NRG in terms of like in terms of receiving the feedback and then processing it and then thing on it? So, so like, yeah. what are some past examples uh, that like where you've all made changes based off of that? Well. You know, first off, the good news, the thing that's great about us as like a, a restaurant group running a beer fest is that we literally live and die by feedback every day. So we're soliciting feedback and, and utilizing feedback from Open Table, Yelp, um, you know, TripAdvisor, Google, Facebook, Instagram, every day, all day across 24 properties. So we're really, really attuned to what our guests are thinking and feeling and then putting that into action. So that's something that we really love. Um, I think the, the biggest and best example I can give you is, is when we, a few years back, ripped the bandaid off and completely changed the festival from a ticketed festival where you paid a smaller entry fee and that came with uh, a certain amount of tickets. And then you paid as you went. Um, we had been getting consistent feedback, you know, to, to turn it into an all you can unlimited tasting festival. And, um, you know, we did the calculations, thought it through to the point where we felt like it was the right move to make, um, but also kind of crossed our fingers and it ended up, ended up working out really well. That's like the best example, right? I think moving the event to Pennsylvania Avenue in the first place um, was another example of that. You know, uh, we've been looking for different spaces, but we really, after that last one in Nats, near, near Nat Stadium in the adjacent parking lot, really got the feedback that it that, you know, it had been enough time in that space. It wasn't that inviting. It got pretty crowded. Um, and so we kept looking for that. So those are the two biggest ones. But there's all sorts of stuff. I mean, from the types of food vendors we, we bring in. I mean, this year we're going to increase the food vendors um, based on some feedback about, you know, food lines. We're going to try to increase the visibility of the food vendors is another thing I think we have. And then sometimes, you know, we just, 
we have a uh, we just don't execute exactly how we'd want. You know, I think we were really good about getting people in um, through the line and uh, for a number of years, really good. Like it was it was exceptionally fast. And last year we had a bit of a road bump. So we've spent a lot of time thinking about why that is and making sure that it won't happen this year and people will get processed faster um, than before. Um, so there's just, there's a lot of, of different um, ways that we've taken all of this kind of into consideration. And um, to be honest, it's one of the things that's most fun and exciting about doing this event every year is getting to kind of keep uh, honing it, sharpening it and, and, and making it um, even better. So we, we love doing that. Cool. Um, you've now mentioned it twice, and I think that um, it bears mentioning and repeating that this is for a good cause. It's for Arcadia Farms. I think that a lot of us in the beer world get um, caught up on the fact that we can drink Floodlands beers here and people in Seattle can't drink them. And it's funny yeah. for me to take a picture and be like, ha look, I just got this yeah. beer. Uh, but this is, you know, it's 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 more than a beer fest. It's ultimately for a good cause. It's our biggest fundraiser every year for Arcadia Center for Sustainable Food and Agriculture. It's a nonprofit that our founder, Michael Bavin, started back in 2011. Um, it's located uh, near Mount Vernon um, in Alexandria, Virginia. And it is an incredible organization dedicated to doing what's right um, with, with food and for people in the, the local community. So we operate these incredible mobile markets um, that we serve as an aggregate, first of all, for, for local farmers uh, where we're purchasing locally grown uh, fruits and vegetables and also uh, locally raised meats and things like that and bringing them into underserved neighborhoods to provide outstanding local nutritious food um, that is simply not available um, to a lot of communities, which is um, uh, absolutely um, terrible and unfortunate. We can go into these neighborhoods, pop up these farmers markets and sell real food to people who um, don't normally have access to it at really great prices. Um, we take snap and all men, uh, all, all types of, of, you know, of, of payment to make sure that everybody who wants to eat well can eat well. We also have these, uh, this veteran farmers program uh, at Arcadia where we're, um, you know, teaching farm veterans uh, to be farmers and trying to and, and acting as a pipeline to the farming industry in America to provide new farmers, um, which is uh, really outstanding. Educating kids on the farm with these great summer um, camp programs uh, about real food, good food, um, and working to get real um, food, good food into school lunches and things like that. So um, it's a it's an, an amazing organization and one that every time you buy a ticket to Snallygaster, um, you are directly um, supporting. So check out, the, check out their stuff. It's uh, www.arcadia.org and see what they got going on. It's, a, it's an amazing organization. Thanks, Greg. Um, one final question is that I think for many of our listeners, they don't realize that um, NRG has partnered and opened up at Brewery St. X in New Orleans, which you mentioned at the top of the interview. Tell us a little bit about that, uh, if you, because I assume you know there's the, a relationship there. If you know what sorts of beers they might bring, give us a taste. Sure. And what we see um, in that energy spots in DC. 
Exactly. So and it's funny. We actually did one quick shipment recently up to Church Key and Sovereign or Ch Church Key and Shelter, uh, where we poured some Firkins um, and some um, kegs of beer from Brewery Saint X. So Brewery Saint X is a, a brewery we opened back in April. Um, it is a, a full restaurant, bar, and brewery uh, in the on the edge of the warehouse district in New Orleans. Uh, only about four blocks from the Superdome and Smoothie King Center, and about a fifteen-minute walk to the French Quarter. So. Um, near everything but not quite in the middle of the action it's a it's a cool place to kind of escape some of the craziness of the quarter um and it's co-located with a, a great barbecue concept that we also own called devil mood barbecue our chef shannon bingham is the chef behind both two different menus so a lot of the food that we have at saint x is kind of barbecue barbecue adjacent fantastic tavern style food our head brewer is alex flores um, he came to us from Ribbon South, amazing brewer. Harold Dale is our assistant brewer, and they work closely with Ro Gunzel, our director of brewing ops for all of Neighborhood Restaurant Group and Blue Jacket, and myself to create the beer program down there. Um, we're known for, for making classic lagers, um, fully well-aged, all naturally carbonated, decocted, step-mashed, beautiful, clean, refreshing, subtly nuanced beers. So we'll probably see some of that. We love um, British style cask ale. Um, so I'm sure we're going to pop a firkin onto the table and dispense uh, something under 4% alcohol. That's probably malt forward. Um, so I can tell you that that's basically what we focus on. I could see a little bit of, um, uh, we also like to do some, some fruited sours um, as well. So you we might see some of that um, coming up. Thanks for joining us, Greg. Um SallyGasterDC.com. VIP sold out, I think, in record time this year, but um, general mission tickets still available. Uh, the best of Spear Festival in DC, possibly the best of Spear Festival anywhere. Uh, great. Thank you as always. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Jake. See you soon, bud. Certainly watch this space um, at DCBeer.com as well as at DCBeer across social media for all things Snally um, as we start to ramp up. Um, start hearing about particular beers uh, and various events around that. All right. Who wants to take us out? Jordan. I would say thank you guys for listening and supporting DC Beer. We really do appreciate you. Uh, a lot of things on the horizon to come, but the one thing I would add to your calendar, if it's not already there, uh, is tomorrow is Soul Mega's Mega Fest. So meet us there. We'll be there in full effect. Uh, definitely come out to support one of our very local uh, local Black-owned breweries in Soul Mega. Love to see you there. And then if you're interested, if Saturday doesn't work for you, then definitely check out DC Beer Social so you can subscribe to our newsletter, the newsletter Brandy uh, mentioned. And also you can become a Patreon member and support us and also attend our exclusive events like our August Beer Share and all the beer shares to come. So cheers to you guys. Happy summer. College football season starts next week. I'm excited. All the beer will be being poured. And uh, stay safe and stay cool out there. Cheers, Cheers. everybody. Bye, bye, buddy. Be well. Bye. See you soon. <laughs>